you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. All right, here we are. Side B with uh, Jonah Carey, continuing our conversation here. Episode 26, the uh, the uh, the B side. And uh, let's continue with our conversation right now. I think that baseball has hurt itself inadvertently. By, first of all, I know you love the advanced stats. I think that that is repellent to the casual fan. Mm-hmm. I think people who are 19 don't get that kind of stuff. You know, watch, it's the opposite. Watch. The 19-year-olds love it. I know it's you the told older me that. I think that's like very it. interesting. Because you come up in college and you're just, you want to learn new things. So you're reading, you're reading Deadspin, you're reading Granlin, and you're reading this and that, or Baseball Prospectus and Fangraphs, and you're just trying to get a hold of everything. And this is the same kind of new knowledge. And I think that the other thing is that I hope there's a generation of writers now that can portray the stats, I, I think, I hope from one of them, in a way that doesn't alienate people. I write it, and I'll slip it in here or there, but I'm not beating you over the head. And I'm not going to say, well, you're a stupid idiot because you think the batting average is good. No, okay, consume it the way you want. But it is older fans, and that makes perfect sense. As we get older, we become more entrenched in our ways. Same with technology. Well, I don't want to iPad, that's true, you know, yeah. this, that. I mean, it's more like that. And because baseball is such an older-leaning sport with its fans – that's when you're going to get the backlash, maybe the loudest from the people that are the oldest that might make up a big chunk of the fan base. I think Poznanski, your pal uh, Joe Poznanski, wrote a great piece about the fact that for the stats that everything would be fixed in baseball would be it would become more relevant again is to go to 154 games. I think that would be great because then it what it does is it naturally sort of separates the steroid era. Yeah, those stats still count, but they but they're not relevant to the overall history of base. It was a segment in time. Time, the 162 mm-hmm. stretch. I mean, obviously it, that goes longer than the steroid era did, but I thought that was good. And also it goes too long anyway. Baseball games being played right now up against the NFL is not a good idea. Well, the thing about the steroids are and all this stuff is you would think, okay, well, baseball is less popular. That's not it. Baseball's attendance and its ratings are actually totally fine. And in some ways I've been up in the last few years. It's that the other sports have gone crazy. The popularity of the NFL has exploded. The, the MLB has been kind of a steady progression. So you can't say, well, baseball is losing popularity. It's losing relative popularity. And there might not be anything that you could do about that. Be 
because the NFL has gambling, because the NFL has fantasy, because the NFL is packaged this way. And people don't mention this. It's obvious, but there's 16 games. Every game is an event. The Astros and the Pirates are not an mm-hmm. event. And that's what it comes down to. You gear your whole Sunday around sitting there for seven hours. Not even – I'm the biggest baseball fan ever. I don't gear anything around anything with baseball. It just doesn't work that way except the World Series. It's very true because I once had season tickets for the Chargers and I've had season t- – I actually had a mini plan for the Angels. You will not miss a football game if you have season tickets. There's not – you will go. You will do whatever you need to even do to get there. Team. Yeah. To get there, yeah. Even if it's a bad team, you will still go there. If you have baseball tickets, you're just kind of like, that eh, can't make it tonight. You just kind of ask somebody to take them, give them to your neighbor, or you don't care. You ta- throw them away. Part of that is a price thing, too. You're spending 120 bucks for an NFL ticket and maybe 20 for MLB, but point taken, absolutely. Well, back to the Jets now. And uh, I feel like that uh, I say smoke and mirrors to some degree. I think when and I would put it largely on Mark Sanchez's shoulders for that, but and then Sean Green is maybe starting to look more and more like a dud, a guy who just uh, who just doesn't have anything beyond his his giant size. Um, I feel like that this team. Hear me now, believe me later. Come November, they will be four and seven. Why four look, and seven? Look at what they have coming up. At the Raiders, they better win that one because if they lose that one, then they really get into a tough I like stretch. the progression of that offense. It's an interesting offense the Raiders have. Yeah, right. And they've got um, – yeah, they let one go last week, and so we'll see what that defense – but let's say they the, the Jets lose that game. They have to go – they have to play New England. They they are on the road at um, – They might have I, a Miami game in there maybe. Yeah, they have one game that's, that's that stands out. It's the winnable game yeah. out of the group. But, I mean, they have a really nasty mm-hmm. stretch. Three straight on the road coming up here. They could uh, get themselves into trouble. Do you still do you stand by it's the Patriots uh, as a, as the prohibitive favorite coming out of the AFC? Oh, absolutely! I think they're looking great. They don't have a great defense, but their offense is so surgical; it's amazing. It's a funny thing about the Jets in general and about this idea of regression because the implication is they made the AFC title game. Therefore, we extrapolate. We say, well, you know, they're a year older and wiser. That could go better. In baseball, this is really easy to tell because they have this idea. It's something called expected record. So, for instance, you win ninety games, but you look at how many runs scored and runs allowed you had. Well, I scored 700 and I allowed 700. That would suggest that you're a 500 team, that you're an 81-win team. So you go look at that record. You say, wow, this team, for whatever reason, love, kismet, something, not performed nine games better than you would expect. Therefore, next season, unless they go sign Albert Pujols, they probably are not going to be a big favorite. I would not bet on them to go forward. GMs, people who run teams, actually miss this. The Mariners, notoriously, Bill Bavese loaded up on talent after they won I think it was 89 games. They were actually a 78-win team by on paper or whatever, and it didn't go well for them. It's totally different in football. First of all, 16 games, you can't get, oh, well, this team was a 12-win team when they were seven. There's not enough time to create that disparity. And then also there's all these factors, injuries and hot streaks, and it's just it's totally different in football. So you can't tell. You have to look with your eyes as opposed to the numbers, really. I agree with you about that. I think there is a weird thing more in football than than is true in any other sport. Certainly not baseball. Obviously, you can't want to get a hit more, and therefore it makes you get Correct. a hit or anything. You can in football. But time. in football, it is amazing the way that if things start to break right, you know, the Bills, I think, are going to get it handed to them this weekend. I think everybody would make the same pick, but uh, Rank and I are going to jump into the DeLorean and take it up to 88 miles an hour in just a minute here, and we'll, we'll see once and for all. But I think that that's true. But if you get to be one of these teams and you get on a little bit of a roll, it doesn't make a difference how you win. I always look at the Vikings of a couple of years ago with Brett Favre. He throws that touchdown pass at the back of the end zone on the last play 
up in uh, against the 49ers that game. And that's sort of and, and that's the way the season went for them. They just they a couple things go right. And all of a sudden you look and you're you're sort of five and two or whatever. You're six and two. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're good. And I don't think it registers that. I don't think you go back and say we were very lucky with that one. We fluked our way through that game. I think you just buy it. I, I, I think that that happens in football more than uh, any other than in any other sport. Yeah, that's right. I mean, in basketball ta- talent is so obvious. That's like the one where it's least nebulous. It's like, well, clearly this team has Kobe and Gasol, whatever. They're going to win 867. Yeah, they're games. just going to isolate their mismatches, and that's it. You just know. So football is a different thing. And, and as a stats guy, I'm loath to say this, but I think momentum matters, and, and this matters, and that matters. And also schedule matters. You mentioned 6-2. and two. Well, that could just be that you suck the year before, and you get a last-place schedule, and you get a lot of Bengals, mm-hmm. and you come back. So there's that, too. And, and – uh, and that's what makes it, I mean, from a gambling perspective, it's what makes it so much fun is you can sit here and say, well, this team's over-under is four. I think they're going to win 10 games. And then that can happen. I mean, it could be this huge disparity of expectations versus what happens. Never in the NBA, and even in MLB is relatively rare, but NFL is wild. You might have the, you know, the Patriots have been good for a while. Same with the Steelers, until this year, the Colts. But almost any other team is a crapshoot, right? I mean, uh, you don't really know. We talk about the well, 49ers. Who, who, but, 49ers well, can win make, 11 games this year. I five. don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think they still have uh, a chance if they go into Cincinnati this yeah. weekend and win that game. I think that uh, they can start putting something together. What is the team that you that is looking good so far that you think is uh, is phony? Who who by end of November, when we're sitting around the Thanksgiving turkey dinner, because we're all going to get together. The Dave Damashek football are. program nice. participants are all going to have a grand feast. Oh, thank I haven't you. Made, have I not? I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. No, you're invited. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, no, I'm. No, we'll, we'll, yeah, no. Give me. Give I'll me just a call. show up. No, then. Yeah, we'll, no, no, no. Well, I got to give you a well, new I'll just address. go ahead. I'll, I, go ahead and, I'll go ahead and log this in. Uh, no, well, let's, let's, we'll talk after. So, do you have a, do you have anybody out there that around Thanksgiving will say, remember when that team looked good? Will it be the Bills? Will we be saying, oh, we thought they were playoff contenders way you know back what? in September? That's too obvious. I'm going to throw one out there. I think this team has been anointed as 100% chance they're a great team, the Detroit Lions. Hmm. I, I, it's like a given that the Detroit Lions are the sleeper team. They're everybody's sleeper team. That team rests on Matthew Stafford to a large extent. I mean, you just there is a big drop off. He's a very talented quarterback, and he has not stayed healthy to this point in his career. The defense is much improved, obviously, with the D linemen, and, and things have gotten a lot better. But we know how important quarterbacks are, and if Stafford has anything happen to him, I just don't think it's that good a team. And there are enough NFC teams in that nebulous region, or they could win nine or ten, and maybe the Lions only win eight or nine, and they just miss the playoffs. I think that's possible. Listen, it's more likely that the Bills don't have a great season than the Lions do because the Lions are probably better on paper. But if you want me to be really contrarian, the Lions would be better. All right. That's a, that's a, a good answer. It's not the one I was looking for, Jonah okay. Carey. Your well, chance Jets to is, steal, the Rank. There's a, there's a backlash because everybody, like you said, picked the Lions, and now everybody's got to feel obligated to go the other way. Like, oh, no, they're not that good. It rests on math. You know, there's a lot of quarterbacks you can talk about. If this guy goes down, their team's no good. Yeah, Brady the would Colts, be right. The Colts are a perfect example. The Patriots, now, they're obviously going to do well. They're going to win. The their Patriots division. is let who me, you're going Let with. me tell you something. They're going to do well. They're going to go out, and they're going to go to the playoffs, and they're going to lose in the first round again because everything with their defense gets swept under the rug. Like, nobody talks about it. They give up a ton of points. And when you get into the playoffs, those games are more defensive-minded. And this is why the Jets always seem to do well over the last couple of years because their defense is geared for the playoffs. The Patriots' defense is not geared for the playoffs. They run into the Jets. They run into the Ravens. Their defense can't can't hang. 
but the other team will shut them down, slow them down enough. And you can even look back at the Super Bowl that they lost when they were undefeated. The Patriots have now become this team kind of like the Colts, where we always make fun of the Colts like, oh, they're off, they're off this offensive juggernaut during the regular season. And Peyton Manning's putting up all these yardage and touchdowns. Now that's Tom Brady. They've gotten away from what made them great in the early 2000s, where it was the defense, Tom Brady just being good enough, managing the games. Now they're the offensive uh, superpower mm-hmm. that goes out in the playoffs and loses in the first. I've, round. I've always uh, said, yeah, I, I consider that sort of the Eric Caros uh, effect. Eric Caros feasted on second line pitching, but when you, you, why is Eric Caros not coming through in the clutch? Because he's facing the 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 top of the line hmm. pitcher against the other team. My answer and the correct answer, since it's since it's our show, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It'd be weird. I know. I tried to say it with a straight face. I couldn't. Ah, we have fun. Hey, <laughs> the uh, the correct answer is the Atlanta Falcons. They would be 0-2, keep in mind, because if Michael Vick hadn't bonked his head on his own player, they would have won that game. They'd be sitting 0-2 right now, and their schedule ain't easy either, especially with playing um, in that division. They still have to play the Saints, obviously, a couple times. Bucks, we'll see if they're for real. But I think the Atlanta Falcons, in spite of that win against Philly the other night, are not going to make the playoffs. So there's my answer for that. One last question, Jonah Carey. We've been all over the place. We could kid for four or five hours without batting an eye, but I'm, I, I have a hypothesis. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess here. There was a band that broke up, uh, a seminal band named REM. I'm gonna take a guess. Adam Rank is not a fan of REM. <laughs> is that true? You would have been. Your age would indicate that you were in there. You were watching them or listening to them in your prime. I was in their wheelhouse. Now, if if I sit here and admit that I'm not a huge fan, I'm just asking if you like a, them. If I go and do a pick six and take like six of their songs and relate them to events over the last 31 years that they were a band, like losing my religion. All right, I know you Rams, can name. We gain religion in this country. That's a whole other story. Losing my religion. Oh, that's the Rams moving. <laughs> yeah, or folding. Uh, the end of the world is. We Wait, know. is this a pick six up there now? It might be. No, huh. I, I'm too busy. <laughs> I'm world not, leader. World well, leader. Like, pretend it should be Peyton Manning. That's a good yes, one. See? Exactly. There you go. It's, now, I like him. Oh, you do. All right. I thought you. I thought you'd either be. Fan. I thought you'd either be apathetic or hate them. You'd have some. I don't hate them. Well, I asked the guys, all the guys over there at NFL.com, all the editors and writers and stuff who are who are a little bit younger than you and I. And uh, they was, oh, absolutely not. They stink. They're terrible. Huh. What do you think, Jonah Carey? Yeah, I'm kind of with Adam. I'm not. I know. Isn't <gasps> that surprising? Stunned. I would think that would be. Because wh- I got a little bit of an indie vibe and I like Arcade Fire. And blah, 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 sure. Blah. Yeah, I mean, I like them. I can't really explain why. I think part of it, well, maybe I can explain a little bit. Montreal is a very weird thing. And if I was from anywhere else, especially in the States, I think I would have been a big R.E.M. fan. Montreal didn't have college rock or indie rock really on the radio. We had, The big station was the classic rock station. So I liked Zeppelin when I was growing up. All right. That's I'm a, a little, I'm a little. I'm a little young for that, but it was on. And the other thing was when I would embrace current music. I on it, and I don't not now. I'm not a huge current hip hop fan, but I loved hip hop in the late '80s, and we've talked about this in PE and Beastie Boys and all this. That was tribe kind of called my Quest, yeah, yeah tribe. Can. So I kind of had this weird, oh, I like Zeppelin and I like Tribe Called Quest. That was my musical taste, and so later I discovered REM way after the fact. And losing my religion, that whole era was so popular. It was on MTV or much music, I guess, in that case, that I became more aware of them. And you know, Stand and and End of the World, End of the World, and there are some iconic songs. 
But yeah, I'm not as hardcore. And, that's and I, well. That's see, I, yeah. you know what I forget. I see. I I know that in your soul you are an indie sort of guy. I love you, but but that's right. You're you're young enough that you would have missed their sweet spot of their bit. of their run. All right. So then you're gonna have to sit here and listen to it and rank. So are you? I'm gonna give you now um, my uh, my top REM records of all time. By the because, way, I'll t- my favorite REM song is nobody's favorite R.E.M. song. It's a popular song, but it's What's the Frequency, Kenneth? Night Swimming. Oh, really? Well, Night Swimming is a great song. What's the Frequency, Kenneth, is not exactly an R.E.M. song because it just has a killer guitar. And I'm I'm kind of a guitar guy. I just like somebody who wails. Like all this... Monster, yeah. Well, the great Peter Buck, of course. Monster has some serious guitar on that album. It doesn't make my top eight, though. Well, I'm not uh, surprised. The, the last five you just throw out. Pretend those didn't happen, kids. Go get yourselves some. Bit. <laughs> and people who poo-poo REM is either they're terrible and they're depressing. I, that's what some of these kids were saying to me. They're, they're so de- they make me want to cry. <laughs> nice every swimming Sunday. is a beautiful but song. You, you obviously song. haven't heard anything close to the canon of REM if you think everything they do is Depeche Mode sounding depressing. <laughs> I, I actually like Depeche Mode, by the way. Yeah. yeah, More than you like REM. I was exposed to more Depeche Mode. You know what uh, it was? A lot of, a lot of uh, young ladies when I was uh, growing up were into the mode and the Smiths and the cure. And so it was, it was more that level of it. So actually, now that I think about it, I was into indie to some extent, mostly because of girls and mostly it wasn't R.E.M. It was those other bands. Who was it? I Johnny was at Sack at the end of, uh, or Phil, uh, the, uh, at the end of, Phil Leotardo at the end of, uh, near the end of the Sopranos run when he said about uh, Johnny Sack when he, when he cried at the wedding, like, but. My my uh, my estimation of you as a man has gone down, Jonah. Carey. Well, they, REM, Depeche Mode over REM, REM musically is a better band than Depeche Mode, but I was not as exposed to REM probably because girls like the other bands better, and I'm not a dummy. That's all. I, I was at that Rose Bowl show oh. for Depeche Mode one that made it a Depeche Yuck. Mode one hundred and one. No, thank you. All right, the correct answers are at number eight. Adventures in Hi-Fi, New Adventures in Hi-Fi, Little Heard, but a great record. Automatic for the People, wonderful. On a rainy day, great mood record. Mm. At uh, number six, Green. This was when they I were transitioning. It is great. It was when they were transitioning Document and Green into into the mainstream. You know, the hipsters didn't like it because that's not the that's not the vintage stuff. That's not as good right. as the old stuff. But go back and listen to that. World Leader Pretend, one of uh, the five best R.E.M. songs ever on that record. Fables of the Reconstruction. Dandy at number five. Number four, the first uh, full-length record, Murmur. At number three, their breakthrough, Document, some spectacular records on there. You want uh, good hard guitar lines from Peter Buck. That's your choice there. Reckoning, love it. Top to bottom, a glorious but very 80s, very dated when you listen to it, but uh, means something to me nostalgically, if nothing else. And then at number one, Life's Rich Pageant, which my uh, my fan, uh, which my pal uh, Richie Perkins just emailed me to say that is nothing less than one of the 10 greatest rock and roll records of all time. I don't know about that. I'd say top 20, though. I'm going to be a horrible, horrible name dropper, which I don't do that much, but I'll just put this out there. When I went to the Dodgers game last night, I actually went, the person who went with me was Ben Gibbard, who's the lead singer for Def Cab for Cutie. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mr. Hipster. I know. Where was my invitation? (laughs) I heard Def Cab for for Cutie one time. So I want to go. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry. I hope it doesn't sound obnoxious when I'm saying this. I had him on my podcast, and he's a very nice, normal guy who, who's married to Zoe Deschanel, which is a whole other story. Anyway, so we talked about music quite a bit. We talked about REM, and it was very affecting to him. And exactly what you said came up. It was, when did this record come up, and when, where was I in my life? So let's say that one of the big albums came out, and you were 17 years old. Well, that's this big moment, and you've got sure. angst, and you're figuring out where you're going to go in life or whatever. And so it can have this effect on you that's so visceral that even if you could argue that maybe musically this other album is better— it doesn't happen that way. And I'm trying to get him to write 
something like that for Grantland because he's he's a smart guy who can write as well as a good musician. And uh, it just hit home, and I was just like, yeah, you know, I really liked PE because I listened to a lot of music when I was 15. That was it. Excellent. All right. Well, listen, this excellent, actually... excellent stuff, but we got to wrap it up because uh, Wilk ties in my ear. Oh, for crying out loud. You know, loud. necktie Milner has rubbed off on him in the wrong way. Ooh, 280 Park's going to get mad, guys. We got to get out of here. The commission says we got to clear out of the VO room. So we didn't even get a chance because uh, th- this was the 20th anniversary of uh, Nevermind this week. Oh, that's right. And also Pearl Jam's. Preferred Pearl time. Jam. How about that? Yeah, well, just I'm throwing that out there. I'm with Jonah Carey on that. All right, so listen, Jonah Carey, what a pleasure! A thin slice of heaven. Anytime you're out here in LA, or if not, even we'll get you on the uh, on the telephone. We didn't even get your baseball picks, but we have to. But, but the playoffs. Who's winning the wild card? I'm going to say that the Angels are going to win the next 35 World Series. Yes, <laughs> well done. I want Way that on Grantland. That was a little. That was a little butt kissy for for what a guy. Do? <laughs> it was basically my lackey on this show, so I think you've been able to figure out. All right, listen, Jonah Carey, track down his book, Amazon or otherwise. Uh, extra two percent, exceptional, exceptional stuff there. Also, Grantland.com, the written stuff, the podcast, and so on and so forth. And uh, kudos to Sporty Simmons and everybody else there. I loved it. Sporty Simmons, a decade or a dozen years ago, sort of redefines what sports writing is all about by going loose or more casual pop culture references. I love that now, as everybody mimics him, it, he swings it back in style, at least, that now it's it's uh, a tip of the hat to, uh, to you know, to uh, more literate type of uh, my type colleagues of are ama- great, great. Amazing. Chris Jones yeah. and Katie Baker and Andy Greenwald and Chris and uh, Chris right, Ryan. We don't your name and the They're so man. good. Oh, the, oh, the, the, the drummer from uh, from X and like, you know, stop with the name drop. I hung out with the saxophone player from the Boomtown Rats. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I want to do that. All right, listen. So uh, Jonah Carey, a pleasure. Now rank. We have to get the business and make our uh, our picks. We have to or not make our picks. The picks are already <laughs> made. Made for us. We'll find out. We're going to jump into Tuesday morning here. This is what makes time travel possible. The flux capacitor. It's a future. It's not. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. These weekends. I'm telling you, these weekends are starting to kill me. Move over, De Niro. <sighs> <laughs> I smell an Emmy. <laughs> All right, listen, let's get to the games here. Tuesday morning, like I say, and uh, a juicy one on paper going into it. The upstart Buffalo Bills hosting the oh, juggernaut. Juicy. Yeah, okay. That's right. The juice. He played oh, for the Bills. That's nice. right. I remember well that. Oh, it's so long ago now that we're two, we're four, four days ahead of where we are right now. <laughs> I can't even remember the early 70s with that guy playing. <laughs> but they are wearing those handsome uniforms, much like the Jews used to. We have the Patriots rolling into town there. And uh, to me, I think a lot of the experts had it this way. The Patriots smoke them 45 to 21. What? Keep your chins up there, uh, Bills fans. Yeah. I think you missed a couple of the uh, Bills scores when you were up getting wings. Yeah. Went to the anchor, had a couple of wings, dipped them in blue cheese. You're waiting for an apology. Keep waiting. It's not going to come <laughs> on Tuesday or any other time. All right. Next up, Houston and New Orleans. Interesting game. Couple of big time offenses going there. Some questions about Matt Schaub. No longer Matt Schaub and company roll in there. They're legit with Ben Tate running the ball. 30 to 27. They send the uh, the New Orleanites. New Orleanites? That's New Orleanians? Right. Sure. 
They send them home. Sorry. Matt Schaub and Andre Johnson with the big touchdown, 30 to 27. My fantasy team lives. Very good. Congratulations to you. The New York Jetropolitans pay a visit out to the Bay to play the Oakland Raiders. Raiders get back on track. A lot of people consider this an upset. I don't. I think the Jets are the team that are smoking beers. We saw that. Mark Sanchez, he ain't the real deal. Jason Campbell, a little bit better. 24 to 20, the Raiders win it. I'm upset you took me to Oakland. We have a time machine, and we went to Oakland. It's our job, Adam. Sometimes you have to pay a price. Mark Sanchez eating a hot dog again on the sideline. That was weird. No, it's very strange. Very strange stuff. Next uh, to Indianapolis, Sunday night in the Dome. Chance for the Colts to salvage their season. A lot closer than uh, people thought it would be. I think people expected the Steelers to walk in there and uh, and steamroll this team. No such luck, but they do escape 20-17 to on a late field goal by Sean Swisham to pull that one out. Colts gave it everything out, uh, everything they had. Now it looks like they're on to uh, looking for that first round pick in the uh, closer than it should have been. Yeah, I suppose so. Lastly, renewal of uh, of one of the great rivalries in the NFL. The Skins head down to Big D to play the Cowboys. A tight one. Tony Romo with the punctured rib. In comes John Kitna to, to pull it out over Rex Grossman. Not exactly a Hall of Fame <laughs> matchup there, but fourteen to thirteen, the Cowboys win it. Thought it would be a little bit more high scoring, a little bit more exciting. Still a great game. Two, two defenses that are coming on quite a bit there. And uh, so we finished up, uh, you know, now we're still sitting around Dallas. Right. Last time we were here. It was snowing. It was, the, it was snowing around the Super Bowl and everything. It's and a little bit nicer here. Too, yeah. yeah. Should we go back to that uh, to that dive bar we found? You want to do yes. that? Or should we just get back in the time machine? You know what? I've got, we've got a couple of, uh, well, you're going to have to drive, though. <laughs> you got to drive the DeLorean, okay? All right. Sounds All right. good. Done and done. Actually, you know what? We better get back. I don't want. I don't want anybody. I don't want uh, Kamish Goodell asking where we are. All right, let's just let's just uh, get back to uh, to last Thursday. Can we go all the way back to the week before last year's Super Bowl so I can bring a coat to Dallas? <laughs> I'll drop you off on my way. <laughs> all right, here we are back on uh, on Thursday proper. I don't know what that means, Thursday proper. But anyway, so we're back here on Thursday in front of week three, and uh, let's wrap it up. Great stuff out of Jonah Care. I he told was you he's a swell fellow, right? Excellent, he's yes. Very smart. Makes me feel not so bright is the only problem. Big Angels fan now, so I like that. Yeah, that's true. All right, lastly, real quick, uh, the other big story of the week along with uh, Mike Vick and uh, Tony Romo was uh, was the the Giants faking injuries, which was covered on the Shame Report. I encourage you to check that out. DaveDamashek.NFL.com is the place you can check out all uh, the hooey and applesauce that I'm churning out. But what were your yeah, thoughts that, on that, the Giants faking? Dave, I want you to talk about it. Yeah, talk, talk about Giants it. Giants faking injuries, talk about it. Here's, here's my thing is that I – don't mind cheating. I will cheat my seven-year-old nephew out of a game of Battleship. It's not the cheating. It's being so bad at it. Yeah. It yep. was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like Ace Cowboy Bob Orton with his fake cast found that a little too obscene. Even Paul Pierce, who faked an injury in the 2008 NBA Finals, thought that was a little too obscene. Paul Pierce didn't fake his injury. He faked it. You're right about Cowboy Bob Orton had the cast. Had the, yeah. his arm was perpetually broken, but uh, <laughs> doctor's orders. Maybe maybe that's because maybe that's because they didn't put the cast on down past his thumb. It was just <laughs> it ended at his wrist and <laughs> and elbow. Very strange. Never seen anybody have a cast like that besides uh, Cowboy Bob. Anyway, so listen, rank. I think we've covered a great deal. Not nearly enough football, but uh, listen, we got not one but two episodes in mm-hmm. in one in one single day. 
Uh, we didn't cover number 27. Hmm. A conundrum that we'll have to figure out uh, between now and next week. But for now. Well, let's do that 26 was for Rod Woodson. Right. This one was for the Cowboy Gene Autry. Okay. Uh, that's uh, that, that I can agree with. You know what? I know they were not peers, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you that bone. <laughs> All right. Look, enjoy your football, everybody. In the meantime, thanks so much. It's been a fun season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.